Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on the 1st of March, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Learn more at ffbt.com. Coming up today, C.J. Miller and Elise Koning on the news, including apps to help you identify tar spot this year and how the renamed Women in Agriculture Conference went last week. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has more mild temperatures in Indiana and a sharp sell-off in the ag markets yesterday, especially soybeans. We have market settlements and Brian Basting comments coming up on the Hat Wednesday morning podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. A couple of software apps to help identify tar spot in Indiana's cornfields and bringing together the women leaders of Indiana's ag industry. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Well, if you're an Indiana farmer, then you know how tar spot fungus can rob you of your corn yields. But there are a couple of different software tools available to help you identify tar spot before it becomes a problem. We're trying to, you know, put that crystal ball in folks' hands with some app tools that we've developed and trying to just get ahead of things. And that's Dr. Damon Smith, professor of plant pathology at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He says there are two software apps that you can download to your phone or computer to help you this growing season. The first one's a freely available app. It's called Tar Spotter. It's available on both the Android and iPhone platforms. So you can just go to the app stores for those platforms and download or search for tar spotter. That's a really nice tool because you can pull down cloud-based weather data. All the data stays on your phone, so you own your data. You don't share it with anybody. The phone does all the work for you and gives you a daily risk index, so you can use that just to make some decisions. He says there's a second app that's also available. We also have a spin-off company from the University of Wisconsin Field Profit, so we've actually added to that tool, so we actually have trend lines and we have actual true forecasts and that particular tool. So that's a nice one. If you want to really look ahead and plan ahead, feel free to download that field profit tool for the iPhone platform. There is a fee to download and use the field profit app. Dr. Smith adds that both apps can certainly help during the growing season, but he also recommends getting ahead of tar spot by using fungicides and the right corn hybrids with the highest level of tar spot tolerance. First and foremost, don't forget about tar spot. You know, 2022 was a low tar spot year, and, you know, when that happens, we tend to forget, right? So keep that in mind. We still need to keep it, you know, right at the top of our diseases we're going to need to manage. And then I think looking at hybrid resistance, I know a lot of the seed probably has been bought by now, but if you're still trying to make those decisions, work with your seed dealer and try to find the most resistant hybrids you can find that also fit your farm. So that's really where I think folks should be spending a lot of the effort. For more information and to find the links to download the Tar Spotter and Field Profit apps, visit HoosierAgToday.com. Well, the women who help lead Indiana's ag industry met up last week for a conference at the Terre Haute Convention Center. Hoosier Ag Today's Elise Koning was there and shares more 
from that event. The Midwest Women in Agriculture Conference was rebranded this year as the Ag Women Engage, or AWE, Conference. Last week marked the first time in three years the gathering was held in person. Elisha Rogers, the AWE Conference chair, says the name change reflects the opportunity for women from across the region to re-engage with each other. And so the thought is each year kind of moving forward to kind of change that E depending on kind of what we want the theme of the conference to be. So Ag Women Enliven, Ag Women Enlighten, things like that. So that's kind of our, our thought moving forward is that's why we have the abbreviation, the AWE Conference. So we come away awed and amazed at what we can learn and what we can do. Conference participant Sara Spinoza says she enjoyed the opportunity to connect. It's been pretty nice to spend time with women and throughout this conference I've realized that there are a lot more women in ag than I first thought about. She says helping others feel supported was one topic that resonated with her. I grew up in a farming community. I was born and raised a dairy rancher. I know how hard it is for farmers to find that support or feel understood or just simply not alone because a lot of them think they're alone. The talks I've been through today have mostly been about mental health so it's very good that we're shining a spotlight onto that and just making that conversation easier for everybody. Alejandra Gonzalez says she wasn't sure about attending the AWE conference at first but is glad she did. I was a little EFC myself like oh maybe I'm not good in this conference I don't have anything to learn and those kind of thing and I've learned a lot and I continue learning for example like I just learned how to promote NRCS via pictures and those kind of things. It's a great and different type of experience. Read more at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Elise Koning. And I'm CJ Miller. Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. A little bit of cloud cover over the northern half to northern third of the state here to start your Wednesday. That's thanks to a minor disturbance moving mostly across Michigan. I won't even rule out from U.S. 30 northward a shower or two here this morning. Everything's done and gone by mid to late morning. And this afternoon we turn out partly sunny and we are mild once again. Thursday, we have no major problems. Tomorrow, looking at temperatures near to above normal. But the big story is going to be increasing clouds that start mid to late afternoon in southwest Indiana and clouds sticking over the rest of the state overnight. That's ahead of our next strong weather system, a monster storm exiting out of the central and southern plains tomorrow. And that heads to the northeast. On Friday, we're looking at strong precipitation. Right now, I'm trending more toward all rain. We're seeing a northern push in the track of these lows, which has been almost the calling card for these weather systems all winter. So I'm comfortable saying I think we're looking at all rain right now, but way too much moisture still. I think combined we're looking at anywhere from one to two inches of rain. Even push a few areas closer to three, but way too much moisture nonetheless. Colder air comes in behind this overnight Friday night, and by the time we get to Saturday, we're looking at below normal temperatures, but no new precipitation. We stay partly sunny, but cold and dry 
for Sunday. Into Monday of next week, we see increasing clouds with a few scattered rain showers. I-70 northward, a few hundreds to a few tenths, that is all. Southern Indiana just sees clouds on Monday. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, seeing a warm air versus cold air battle play out over the Hoosier State. And that's going to keep us, I think, mostly dry. But temperatures yo-yoing back and forth, both slightly above and slightly below normal through the balance of the week. The dryness, though, is the key because we're going to need to dry down after the significant moisture coming to finish this week. We do see another weather system coming together down to the southwest. So I think toward the following weekend, Saturday the 11th, Sunday the 12th, we may have to talk about another round of rain. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Ag markets sell off again. This is Who's Your Ag Today's Tuesday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank, and the review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct, the only independent seed company at Commodity Classic. Call them for upfront corn, soybean, wheat, alfalfa, and herbicide processing. The markets all sold off, led to the downside by soybeans. We start there with our analysis from Brian Basting at Advanced Trading. Probably just a realization, Andy, that we've got the second half of the crop year starting here on March 1st. And the Brazilian crop is, is entering uh, into the picture in a big way. Um, the U.S. export shipments on Monday for the USDA were well below recent levels. It, that is a strong seasonal trend that is usually seen starting about this time, about the 1st of March. And it is directly related to the Brazilian supplies taking over the world market. And that really will continue through the rest of the, of the spring and summer. So, uh, you know, the market has been been really strong basically for six months. You have to go all the way back to harvest time starting there, 1st of October. And you can really see that it's been a slow and steady increase in prices, uh, lately fueled by concerns about a smaller crop in Argentina, as I'm sure your listeners have heard. But we've built that into the market for quite some time. And we've had uh, $15 cash beans uh, in that neighborhood for quite some time. And now... We're starting to see a little bit of concern about uh, the domestic crush here in the U.S., soybean crush, maybe not meeting expectations, not collapsing by any means, but maybe maybe nudging down a, bit, a little bit from where USDA has it right now. So you've got a combination of factors there that uh, we're, we're, we're going to be taking the back seat, as it were, in the export market. We're starting to see a little bit of concern that maybe $500 soybean meal has put a dent in, in, the, in the user's interest in, in buying at those levels. And so the bean market here is, is pulling back. Um, that's the best way I can describe it at the moment. Um, right or hanging right around $15 here. But as you mentioned, uh, keeping things in perspective, it's been quite a run. Meanwhile, the wheat market, which has suffered recently, has flattened out a little bit. Markets are even mostly on Tuesday, so a bit of a pause there. Anything to make of that specifically? It was a just about one year ago, of course, as your listeners know, Andy, that the wheat beg your pardon, that the wheat market took off here on the heels of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and went to twelve dollars plus. Uh, as I look at the March contract, uh, it has been a long way down for the wheat market now. Uh, as obviously a lot of things have happened over the last year, the Black Sea Grain Initiative has allowed. Shipments to continue out of the Black Sea. Russia has remained an extremely aggressive exporter of wheat. Australia, as we speak, is exporting record amount from their record crop that they harvested at the end of 2022. 
a really fierce export environment worldwide as has left the U.S. as the residual supplier in the export market. And on top of that, we did plant more wheat last fall, not only here in the U.S., but I think we planted more wheat overseas and in areas such as Europe and and um, maybe a bit more in, in, in some of the other areas uh, in the northern hemisphere. So wheat is searching for demand at this point. Uh, and that would be feed demand and in competition with corn. But really, you don't have any, any supply push. A little bit of dryness in the far southwest region of the hard red winter out west. Uh, parts of southwest Kansas, for example, are still quite dry. However, the, the volume of acres that were characterized as dry out in hard red country further east has declined. We've got more rain uh, recently in parts of central Kansas, for example, parts of central Oklahoma. All those areas have improved a bit, so you don't have a supply push. You don't have a supply push worldwide in terms of a, of a dire situation, let's say, in Europe or, or Russia or wherever right now. Now, a long way to go between between now and harvest, but bottom line, we don't have a push in either the supply or the demand side, and wheat is a very inelastic good. Um, we have to get prices very low to increase demand, and right now, wheat is searching for demand, uh, and uh, until it finds it, it, it um, it's going to be a, a tough road on the upside. Corn, seven or eight cents lower on the nearby is also a demand issue there. Export demand there, Andy. We have started the second half of the crop year. We will start tomorrow. We've, we finished the first half of the crop year with anemic exports of U.S. corn. Uh, extremely competitive environment the first six months of the crop year. Most of that time from South America, also from Ukraine, of course, with a Black Sea initiative, keeping the, keeping the flow of corn coming out of Ukraine. Uh, perhaps not at the volume that's been seen the last few years, but record volumes out of Brazil these last four or five months. Now, those ta- are tailing off a bit here, but um, as we start the second half of the crop year, that USDA forecast is certainly in question, and next week the USDA could start nudging that down a bit. Um, the other side of that coin is looking ahead to 2324. Uh, the Outlook Forum came out last week with some some reminders to your listeners that we are going to plant, if we do plant 91 million acres, um, we have about two and a half million acres from last year with a big yield, a record yield, perhaps a bit optimistic from the USDA, but but would be a, a crop that would outstrip demand for 23-24 and build our carryout. USDA has a carryout nearly 1.9 billion bushels. Now that's not swimming in corn, but it's a lot more corn than 1.25, 1.26, which is where the USDA is at today for old crop. Bottom line is that as we start the second half of the crop year, again, a, a decent run for corn, 650 cash corn for quite a while here. But as this Brazilian corn is planted, and as we speak here, um, you start to remove a little bit of that concern. Um, uh, now we do have a weather market. I don't want to say that Brazil crop is in the bin. It's just be, be literally just being planted. And the next 60 days will be important. And but for the moment, no weather scare there because we've got plenty of uh, subsoil moisture, particularly up in Mato Grosso and uh, the biggest corn-producing state. So maybe just some, some technical liquidation. Finally, the market gave up the ghost. It kept trying to get up to $7 several times here on the March contract and, and could not do it. And now the realization uh, as we get basically corn planting as beginning in South Texas um, Long way to go, needless to say, as your listeners know. But the export demand, as you said at the very beginning, 
is very anemic at the moment, and, and that's weighing on the market. Analysis from economist Brian Basting with Advanced Trading. The number there, 309-664-2314. On hat, the market review settlements from Tuesday, down 13 and a quarter on May corn, 630 and a quarter. July ends at 622 and a quarter, an 11 and a half cent loss, and over 30 cents lower for soybean futures. The May contract, 1479, down 33 and three quarters, and July, 32 cents lower, 1469 and a half. Up and down in wheat, but May finishes at 705 and a half, down four and a half cents. Up in livestock, April live cattle, 165.47, a half dollar up, 45 cents higher, April lean hogs, 85.17. I'm Andy Eubank with the Tuesday Farm Market Review. This is Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm radio network.